Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. My next guest inspired yesterday's survey question at Smirkanish.com, where for a Sunday we set a record. We don't typically break 10,000 votes on a Sunday, but we did with this. Do you agree with the New York Times? The Tucker Carlson quote has constructed what may be the most racist show in the history of cable news. 10,759 votes were recorded. The yeses, 86.11%. The noes were 13.89%. Nicholas Confessori has authored a massive examination of the record of one Tucker Carlson and is here to discuss. Hey, Nick, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, Michael, how are you today? When I was writing a weekly column for the Sunday Philadelphia Inquirer or preceding that for the Philadelphia Daily News, I was afforded 650 to 800 words per column. I was really pushing it if I went to 800 and they weren't happy. Part one alone was 20,000 words. This is a massive undertaking. Why did you do it? Well, look, Carlson is an important figure on the modern right. He's an important kind of influencer on the right, on the tone and the politics of the right. Uh, he's built institutions like the Daily Caller. He's the top-rated cable host in history. Um, and his show is influential and important. And we think it's important to tackle a big subject like that with depth and length. His story is the story of the right from Reagan to Trump. It's really a way of telling a bigger story, you know, about the anti-immigrant current in, 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 in a public life and how it has come to be a dominant one in the Republican Party. It also fits a theme of mine, which is to say that power today rests not with any particular elected official, not with the head of the RNC, but with media mouthpieces. And there's none stronger, more prominent than he is today. So what was the approach? Because you analyzed 1,150 of his programs. How did you approach this subject matter? So I want to tip my hat to my colleagues on the graphics desk of the Times who did the heavy lifting um, on the data analysis. Together, I think we watched or, or, or read transcripts of a 1,000 episodes of the show. And what we did was just track the themes and the topics and how long he spent talking on each topics. And then we looked at where he got his rhetoric from, who he's borrowing from and importing from. And what we found is just hundreds of episodes in which he is taking 
these ideas that were once only found on far-right and racist and white nationalist sites, pretty obscure stuff. And he has made it the centerpiece of the top-rated cable program in America. The common theme is unvarnished nativism. Your words, is that, do you think, what you'd, you'd best say is the, the simplest way to summarize whatever the consistency might be in his programming? No, I would say it's bigger than that, Michael. His constant theme is, is them versus you. And they, the people who are out to get you, the ruling class, hate you. They loathe you. And they want to destroy the things that you love. In Tucker's world, there's not a difference of opinion about policy or making a great country. There is an elite cabal that wants to destroy America. I'm not exaggerating. He uses incredibly apocalyptic words. And on his show, if something is happening in the news, it doesn't matter what it is, pot legalization, uh, uh, you know, a gun control, a working class decline uh, and job loss, it's all about the ruling class, and it's mostly about immigrants. He has one cause of everything, and it's immigration. It's a pretty serious charge to say that someone has constructed what might be the most racist show in the history of cable news. What's the smoking gun? What are the smoking guns? Because a lot of the, the things that you refer to, and by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm reading it all. I'm totally taken with it, A, yep. because it impacts my livelihood, and, and, and B, because I'm, I'm just curious uh, as to the, the secret to the code here. But a lot of the statements that you identify and the things that you summarize, I'm sure he would be honored to have repeated to his, his audience again tonight and would argue that they aren't racist. Well, look, I think there's one thing to say that immigration uh, should be curtailed or that people shouldn't come here without permission. That's not a racist position. Right. But when you say that for decades, a series of American presidents of both parties have been engaged in a conspiracy to import people from the third world for votes and profits, that comes from the far right. A, it's not true. It's ridiculous. Um, B, it's a conspiracy theory that's borrowed from racists and white nationalists, from people who believe in something called a white genocide that there is a, a campaign by American leaders to kill and displace and hurt the native born. That's ridiculous. It's a conspiracy theory. It comes from the worst bowels of the racist right. And Carlson polishes it up and puts it on his show and makes it believable. Night after night, when folks are watching him, they are seeing him mostly from a converted town garage in a remote community in Maine. Explain. Well, you know, it's an example of uh, how politics has changed in this country uh, and the anger and passion we see. And he had a really bad experience that coincided with the growth of his show. I think two things happened. One is uh, his show went on the air. He adopted these themes. He went harder and harder at them. And he found that his old friends in Washington people who have liked him and known him for years were repulsed by it. And he didn't get it because he hadn't just changed his stripes. He had believed these things for a few years, I think. And the second was that a crowd of, of uh, protesters came to his house in Washington um, and shouted at him up through his window, through his, um, 
Now, he, he wasn't home at the time. His wife was. But a crowd of people came and, and said pretty threatening things outside his house. And I think it really worried him. And he moved from a part of the country where people hate his show to a part of the country where people like it, where he's safer and happier and in his element. Uh, and so he lives in his family's old summer place in Maine. Uh, Fox built a studio for him in a town garage nearby. And for a big chunk of the year, he broadcasts uh, from there. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. You say he didn't change his stripes. I remember Tucker Carlson in his MSNBC days. I remember shooting a, a pilot with Tucker Carlson and uh, Allison Stewart was the third on this particular day. He was then the bow tied guy who I thought had an allegiance to intellectual conservatism. As Nick Confessori has studied his career, have you seen changes in him? I have, but the truth is, what what surprised me and intrigued me in reporting this story was how far back the change begins. Uh, He began his career as a young man in his 20s on the more conventional right, libertarian right, kind of a George Will type with a bow tie, as you say. That was his famous quirk. Um, He once wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal assailing the anti-immigrant factions on the right. But within a few years, around the the September 11 attacks, uh, he really turned pretty hard. And by the time he got to MSNBC, he was saying, look, this is an invasion at the southern border. Um, He was defending that kind of rhetoric. Uh, So he really was turning 
for many years. I think partly he turned to, uh, you know, a more uh, blood and soil kind of conservatism. He turned against the Iraq war. That was also a part of it. He really turned hard against the neoconservatives, as they were then called. Um, and, and it just got darker and darker. You could see this at the Daily Caller, uh, the publication he founded in 2010. You could see that the readership, and he could see, that the readership of the caller was obsessed with immigration. This was back when uh, President Obama and, and, and the gang of aid in Congress was trying to do a reform on immigration, and they failed because there was a, a revolt on the right. And that revolt really set the stage for Donald Trump. It was really a foreshadowing that this sentiment, this anger about immigration, would take over the party and go from being one strand on the right to being the dominant idea. Nick, I have a small piece of real estate in the cable world myself, one hour a week on CNN, and I am envious of Tucker Carlson because his opening commentaries can run 20 minutes. If if I push six, I get blowback from my executive producer who says, you're really pushing the envelope here. So I'm intrigued with how he's able to do that. I thought it was the exodus of advertisers that frankly opened up all that time for him because all I see when I watch him is the MyPillow guy. You say Mr. Carlson had half as many advertisers as in December of 2018, but he brought in almost twice as much money. So what's going on? Have have all the blue chip folks gone away, but he is then charging confiscatory rates for those who do come to the show? That's about right. And look, I think um, you have to give him his due. He is an extraordinarily talented broadcaster. Absolutely. I agree. Um, there are I not agree. many. Yeah, I think there are just only a few people in the country and in the business who can do what he does, who can tell that story persuasively every night, who can spin out a monologue like that every night. It's hard. It's hard as work and it's hard as crap, even if um, I think a lot of it is rooted in, in, in uh, far-right material. Um, but what's interesting here, Michael, there are all these efforts to boycott the show, and they succeeded in one sense. The blue-chip advertising is, is more or less gone uh, from Tucker Carlson tonight. It's mostly direct-to-consumer, direct-marketing types of brands that aren't worried about the fallout uh, from being attacked for, for, you know, for advertising on the show. Uh, as the ad inventory in some parts of the year declined, they partly filled it with more monologue. And it turned out his monologues were incredibly popular with the viewers, and they got longer and longer and longer. And an interesting quirk is that, you know, for, for a cable TV, it's usually the host who rates the highest, right? If, you know, if, if uh, the president is on, that guest can, uh, can rate pretty highly. But usually it's when the host is talking that the ratings are highest. And so as the monologues got longer and longer, the ratings actually were getting better and better. Uh, so if the audience is huge, and it is, you can charge a lot of money for the advertisers who want to be on the show. And there are advertisers who want the intensity of Carlson's bond with his viewers. They want that energy. They aren't worried about the politics. What they want is the intensity. And that show offers that. So the show makes lots and lots of money. And the irony is with these boycotts, instead of getting less Carlson, you have more. You've also uncovered how sophisticated an operation it is. Tomorrow, Tuesday, I will see my 
Saturday CNN ratings. And I will see them in different categories for the hour. If I ask my producer to tell me how different segments did, she will give me the quarter hours. But he's playing at a whole different level. He, he's playing what you describe as, as money ball for cable television. Explain. So there's a category of rating of data called a minute by minutes, and they're used at all networks. Um, but what I found in my reporting, and Carlson disputes this, but um, what, what I found in my reporting is that Fox, which is really extraordinarily good at the ratings game, they're very sophisticated, they have taken the minute-by-minute ratings from something that you might use here and there to workshop um, a show or figure out a transition from one block to the next or figure out a transition from one show to the next. They've taken those minute-by-minute, and they made them just a permanent and regular part of every decision for almost every show. Uh, it's what guests to do, what topics to do, and nothing is, is, is unscrutinized. As one former employee told me is that every single second on Fox is now scrutinized with ratings data. Everything is intentional. And what I'm told by sources is that Carlson is the most avid consumer of this data at Fox. And uh, he's, for he's the most part, although he's, although he's got... Although he's got support, and, and you, you lay it all out in the piece. By the way, there's no risk of me giving it all away for free, because there's so much here that people can go and read all three parts online. But relative to his process, afternoon after afternoon, you know, he's basically a writer, and he's writing his own stuff with assistance, with, with research, but, but he's the driver of it. Yeah, one lesson he took from his first two stints on cable news on CNN and MSNBC was that he had been over-programmed. He had been locked into a, a role, um, and then he wasn't really using his own voice. So Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox is very much a product of Tucker Carlson. Um, it's him. This I got to say, writing, man, I, his style. I disagree with so much of the uh, the fodder that he uses, but... I respect the work ethic and the way that he's figured this all out. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Here's my final question for, uh, for Nick. He's been photographed, I'm sure you've seen this, holding up, you know, your page one above the fold from the Times and says he's never going to read it. Do you believe him? I don't believe him because he was already quoted somewhere else disagreeing with parts of the story. Um, (laughs) So, no, either he hasn't read it or he has it. It's really up to him. I don't care. Always happy to have another copy of the print paper sold. Nick, that was really a great summation. Thank you so much for your willingness to discuss this serious piece of work. Of course, Michael. Thank you. Nick Confessori, ladies and gentlemen, from the New York Times on the Tucker Carlson analysis. Yeah, I look, I comment here many a day, TC, and say, saw the opening commentary last night. I watch wish a I lot of it. Wish I could do that. <laughs> I, well, wish I had not could do it. Wish I had the time to do it. Wish I could do that on my own show, a 20-minute 20 20 commentary. Right. Not go nativist. I mean, I just want to oh, make no, it clear. No, no, no. I'm not, no. En- no, I'm not envious of the question. way he does it's it. It's a timing question. I'm envious of the time he has to do it. Exactly. And I've said here, I've said here on POTUS, I guess he can do a 20-minute opening because there are no advertisers. And the answer is, that's true, but the ones they get, they can just charge so, out the wazoo. It's like the Super Bowl. So <laughs> You're what, absolutely right. <laughs> this is incredible. And the minute by minute almost makes my stomach hurt. Seriously, that's crazy. Yeah, the minute the minute by minute reminds me of uh, people who I know. I don't think they've they've done me in years. If they have, I'm out of the loop. But they uh, they will bring in focus groups Oof. and dial them up. Oof. You know, get a dial in their hand and then roll like my show or somebody else's show, and those dials go up or down during the course of the program. He's doing that each and every day. People get upset with me when I say here that if I watched Fox all the time, I'd be angry or there's, you know, sort of rile people up and they accuse me of all sorts of things. But I think this is documented evidence that that's what they're trying to do. And it works. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.